Welcome to the Gas Street Podcast. Our vision as a church is to be light for the city. We really hope you enjoy this message. Okay, everyone, good morning. If you could just be finishing off your conversation, that would be super helpful. And just um, turn this way. We're going to continue in our gathering together. And my name is Nick Drake, in case you haven't met, I'm one of the pastors here. And I am super excited about what we're about to get for the next 25 minutes or so. We are in the middle of a short series looking at how we as Christians can share our faith. We had a slight detour last week for prayer weekend, which was an amazing time. But we're back into the middle of this series. Tebo preached two weeks ago, starting the series off, if you remember, brilliantly, speaking about how we can always be prepared. If we could put the verse up, 1 Peter 3, 15. This is the verse for our whole series. And it says this, if it could go up on the screen, that would be fantastic. Otherwise, I'll read it out. It says, in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. And so as I said, Teba preached on always be prepared, and this week we're taking the middle of this verse, give an answer to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that you have. And when we were planning this series together, we thought, you know, rather than just doing like a, a sermon, a preach, one person talking from the passage, we thought this would be super powerful and most helpful if we get three members of our congregation just to share their experience of giving an answer, of they've discovered this hope we have in Jesus, but how did they live it out in their Monday to Friday existence? Because it's a question that we all have, that we all uh, are trying to do well um, as a community. Our vision as a church is that we would be light for the city, that we don't exist purely to gather together in a kind of secret little room, but we are in the public square. We live our Christian lives out wherever we spend on Monday to Friday with our friends, with our work colleagues, on our streets. We want to be carriers of light, the light and hope that Jesus has brought to us. So, um, that's what we're going to do uh, this morning here, and it's going to be fantastic. So I'd like you to give a warm welcome to our three panel members. And just to say that this isn't a chat show, okay? So just to be clear, this isn't a chat show. We are so expectant of God speaking by His Spirit to you. Uh, if you're watching online, if you're in the room, just the same as a normal preach. This is the Word of God incarnate in, in lives, in real lives in Birmingham in 2023, and God is going to speak through this panel. Um, so Lord, do that, we pray pray. And let's give a warm welcome to James Crystal, Rachel Kaur, and Sarah Cole. Let's give it up as they come on up. Fantastic. So um, obviously, because of the way our church is, we're different um, communities, different gathering times, different locations. Not everyone here will know all of you. So first of all, just um, briefly tell us a bit, one at a time, like, bit about yourself, how you found this hope that 1 Peter talks about in your own life, how you found Jesus. Rachel, do you want to go first? Hello, good morning. Um, my name is Rachel. I am from Malaysia originally, and I've lived here for 16 years, formerly a Buddhist. And uh, well, basically, I found this church after Jesus touched me with his love. Uh, I was in the pits of despair, and I wanted to exit that pit. And, and Jesus came into my life 
whilst I was in the bathtub, and he spoke these words to me, Rachel, love as I have loved you. And I have no understanding of the Bible whatsoever. And I began this quest to search for this God, and I called him Bruce Almighty for a while, because he is the version of the Western God that I didn't know about because there are so many gods, so I just called him Bruce endearingly. But, but as time goes by, as I pursue him, or rather he pursued me, um, I realized that this person that was speaking to me is Jesus Christ. Yeah. And he is my Lord, my Redeemer, and God Almighty. And uh, yes, praise him. And, um, and I came to Gas Street after a search of you know, different churches, and I've stayed, and um, I've led Alpha as well, and um, this is where the story is, is at at the moment. Amazing. Yeah. I love two details about that story. One, you were in the bath when the Lord spoke to you. Yes. That's amazing. Yes. And then two, do you want to say anything more about that? Yeah, so I just want to say, he is alive by his spirit. Yeah. And it's like, I am one who wasn't converted by Christian or the church, is by God himself. And he wow. moved in just to have a relationship with me to tell me who he is. Yeah. And I was like, I ransack the Bible. I watch a lot of shows to find out who he is. Mm. And, uh, and the moment that I knew when that verse coincide with what I found in the Bible, I, my knees just knocked the floor and I cried out, I'm sorry for everything that I did in my wow. life. And uh, you, please have me, I'm yours. And amazing. that was it. Gastric came after that. That's amazing. Yay. And that's, that's what we believe, isn't it? That the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is living and active in our world, that he can directly speak yes. to us and then lead us to scripture yes. that way. So your story is amazing. And, and Bruce Almighty, just say, I used to pray to um, Aslan from Narnia. So, you know, you're not alone <laughs> in fictitious character praying. Yeah, yeah, but now <laughs> I call him with. Lord. Yeah. <laughs> um, brilliant. Sarah, tell us a little bit about um, your story and where you're based in, in the week and how you found this hope. Hello, salam. <laughs> Marhaba. So, um, yeah, so I am a mom of two. Um, well, two blood children, but I would say I'm a mom of five. Here's one of my adopted kids. Um, you know, I truly believe that God's put mom on my heart. You know, I love these guys here. These guys are incredible, you know, and I just feel that um, God has made me a mom to lots of people. So I encourage you, you know, be a brother, be a sister, be an uncle, be an aunt to people and get alongside them and encourage them because that really improves your journey as well. So I've got two children. I am a single mom. Um, so I got divorced about 13 years ago and actually never thought that church could be a place for me. You know, the single mom, divorced, had a baby before marriage. Um, I married a Turkish man, so he was Muslim. So, you know, I've done it all, ticked, ticked every box. But actually, I'd always call myself a Christian, but I wasn't following the steps of being a Christian. I got to the age of 18 and found men and just went and lived my own life. I was looking for my, my joy and my hope in everything else apart from, from God. Um, and it was only six years ago, you know, I was brought up in a Christian home. It was six years ago that I found out about Gas Street. I attended Alpha and my life has changed since then. So yeah, I highly encourage you to um, come along to Alpha, bring your friends along 
because uh, the journey starts there. Amazing. Thank you, Sarah. And Jay, tell us a little bit about your own journey and uh, yeah, how you found Jesus. Um, yes, my name is James. Um, started coming to Gas Street back in 2015, um, like second or third service when we was meeting in Jonglers in the comedy club. Um, prior to that, I'd just been released from prison about three months uh, before that. Um, I grew up a Christian, or I, go, I grew up going to church, called myself a Christian, didn't really have a relationship with God. I kind of knew about the, the word, but it was kind of like flesh without bones. It never really took on any meaning. Um, I entered down a path of uh, drug and alcohol addiction, um, crime. Um, I ended up being uh, drug groomed and sexually abused on multiple occasions. My mental health started to go downhill. Um, got locked up when I was uh, 19. Obviously came out 18 months later, um, found Gastry and um, I was out for about nine months and ended up being recalled for bad behavior. And then when I came out, like, the one thing, the main thing that I'd missed whilst I was away was, was church, was coming here. And um, I just thought it was a good vibe, but I, now I know it was the Holy Spirit. But um, <laughs> I was sat down, down there right on the front row, um, gave my life to Jesus. And I'm not going to lie, like, it didn't, things didn't change overnight for me. You know, I felt like my, my slate had been wiped clean, but things didn't change immediately. Um, God had a lot of pruning to do um, in my life. And, I was at a stage where I was sleeping like 18 hours a day. Um, I was extremely depressed, suffering with PTSD, addictions. Um, I was, I was like, overdosing on my prescribed medication because being awake was too painful. Um, I wasn't washing, I was barely eating, and my life was just a mess. Like, it was just, it was just I was broken, um, and I was an orphan. And, um, like, I needed, to, I needed to really connect with God, and, and there was a lot of work to do. And, I learned about uh, forgiveness and really felt that I'd been forgiven. I ended up forgiving my abuser in exactly the same place. Um, and yeah, my life started to transform from, from there. And you know, now, now I know like a serve of God that you know, changes, um, turns prisoners into role models and drug addicts into ambassadors of hope. And it's just a beautiful privilege to do it. Amazing. Amazing. And so I, I love just hearing all three of your stories there of encountering Jesus, encountering the, the most almighty power in all the universe in the kindness of Jesus by the power of the Spirit. And when that happens, obviously, it, it changes your whole perspective on life and you want to share it. James, because you've got the mic, let's, let's just carry on with you. Tell us a story of how this hope light is expressed through you to others, like how you've shared this hope that you found. Yeah, I think for me, like, going after the lost has always been like an overflow of being found. It's always been like being loved by God and there's this byproduct and it comes out in like loving our neighbor, right? And so, yeah, like just to give you a tiny bit of context on the couple stories that I'll share if I've got time, I was sharing my testimony on, on social media and in organizations and I used to water it down a little bit to start with because I was worried about maybe not being invited back to that organization or, you know, all these different things. And God started to really convict my heart about it. He started saying to me, like, why are you sharing about me in the church, but not in the world where my sheep are lost, right? And it just started to cut me really deep. So I started sharing, um, on LinkedIn was the main platform I was, I was using. And I started to share about this hope that I'd found in Jesus. And I got a little bit of backlash. Like there was a guy saying like, this is a, a business platform. Like, I like your post, but you're gonna get alienated if you keep talking about your faith. And I just said, look, I'm about my father's business. 
Like, if you don't like it, just unfollow, it's cool. Um, and after that post, that tiny, tiny bit of persecution, I was blessed big time. My next post um, kind of exploded and it resulted in me getting more work. But um, one time I was walking home from, from work in Digbeth back to the Joy Quarter and um, what happened was this guy just came up to me. He was like running up to me. He said, James, 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 I'm the guy that's been messaging you on LinkedIn. So I looked back through my messages and there was a lot of messages from this guy, probably about that long. It was, a, it was a lot of stuff, his whole life story. But he was in a situation like it was messy and he was, he was suicidal, battling with his mental health. He'd had a whole thing with his family. Um, and um, he just said, I've been following you and, and can we chat? So I ended up speaking to him for three hours that night. I had things to do at home, like I had things I was meant to be doing that night, but I, I sacrificed that, you know, I let it go and I spoke to him for a long time. It was actually outside the Shakespeare, Ryan's um, pub, um, which was quite cool and I'll come back to that, but I ended up sharing my, my, my testimony with him, my story about Jesus and um, I, I prayed for him and nothing really happened the first time. He just kept kind of telling me about all these reasons why he shouldn't be here. Um, and then I just prayed for him again and this time he got really filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, and he ended up saying like he wanted to give his life to, to Jesus. And so we, we said a salvation prayer, Ryan was there. Um, and then the third time I prayed for him, he just broke down like he was in tears, just really filled with the spirit. And because Ryan was there, I got Ryan to go in and get a Bible, gave him a Bible. Um, and then that night he texted me and he said, look, he said, James, thank you. He said, it's amazing how quickly you can get answers to questions you've been asking your whole life. Um, and it was just a, a simple thing that I did. That's amazing, amazing story. Um, Rachel, yes. what about for you, <laughs> how does this kind of play out in your life and telling others about the hope? Um, I don't know where to start, but it's so rich. I, I can tell you the latest, well, um, evangelism opportunity where an electrician came to fix broken heaters and uh, I started to hum the tune, Jesus loves me, this I know, and he, he went and said, oh, uh, it's been a long while since I heard that song, since I was 12 years old, and, and, and he's 53 now. So I started to dig a little deeper. I said, where's your faith right now? And it's like, well, I've moved on. I, I believe in ideologies and, you know, even dabble into Muslim teaching, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, everything that you can throw in that has a good practice into it. He's all in for, for that. And I thought, oh, wow, okay, this is where I could come in because I came from that background and um, and so um, conversation ensued and I he was just so hard he was like no 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 I believe in ideology it's it's just I don't believe in you know a God that sacrificed his life so there was no way I could get into this man's heart and I just look up and I pray and I pray Lord if your word can speak to him do it by your Holy Spirit. And I just invited him in, okay, since you're fixing heating, um, my heaters, can, can I read some scripture to you? And I, <laughs> I mean, it was an opportunity where he's stuck with a device and I'm, well, I'm equipped with the book. So, <laughs> so I used it to, to, to my advantage, really. And I just read it and uh, I picked Matthew 23, which is quite a, 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 a you know, a deep, um, passage and also it's about Jesus warning religious teachers and then I also picked the, ver uh, the chapter on John 8 about Jesus covering the adulter adulterers with his grace so on both sides of this scripture there's a huge contrast where Jesus shows his love with truth 
and then he shows the condemn with grace. So, and both must be met in the truth and grace and love of Christ. So you can't be at two different extremes. And something in him just kind of like softened. I mean, before that, when I was having that conversation and I could see Calvin just going like, you know? So, but that's when I prayed because I know by my own means, I will never get in, but by God, it's possible. So what happened to be half an hour's work ended up to be two hours of just talking scripture to him and I was just trying to, to, to place his, his focus onto the heart of God. You know, he's not here to condemn us from our mistakes and he's not here to, you know, um, encourage hypocrisy in spiritual pride because on both ends, he's not there. He's in the center of grace. And um, I think on that day, he, 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 he noticed that Jesus is so beautiful and he, te- he told me himself, I didn't know he was this man. And can you imagine if it was never read to him, he would have been stuck with his ignorance and he would be feasting from a table of all sorts of fast food, not knowing that God has sent out the invitation, gilded gold, the best wine prepared for him and, he, and the best bread. It's he himself, Jesus, who will welcome him on this table, his beloved child. And I know this love, and I want to be on that table, and I want everyone that I meet to be on that table with me too. That's the heart of evangelism, which is to love a stranger back to God. Mm. Yeah. So good. I love that your first thought when you had an electrician around was to read him scripture rather than make him a cup of tea or coffee. Which, you know, my new home. I mean, home, I know I would have been there. Yeah, but. Nick, my new home, there's a lot of tradesmen coming in. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> so Bible's open. All right. Sarah, you're um, in a different context. You're in one of our schools in our city. Tell us a little bit about how you live out your faith Monday to Friday. Yeah, so I am um, head of year in a boys' secondary school, so I've got year eight and nine, so I've got 200 boys and family, 270 boys and families that I support, and it's a non-faith school, so of course I cannot be talking about my faith, I cannot be praying with people, but the way that I go around it is love. You know, I am there for the pupils, the pupils know I love them, I try and go above and beyond my job for them, you know, we, ha- we all don't have these incredible stories. You know, I've sat in a home, in a Muslim family's home. I was married to a Muslim and they said, of course, you've converted. And I said, no, I haven't converted. I am Christian. And so I was like, right, okay, come on, Lord. Give me the words, give me the words. And nothing came. So I just said, Isa seni chok sevior. And that means Jesus really loves you. And then I was waiting for the next words. And they were like, yeah, well, Alan loves me. And I was like, yeah, okay. And so I was like, come on, come on, give me more words. You know, give me scriptures, drop them down. Nothing came. So I just said, ben ona chokunushiora. And that means I can talk to him. And then it just stopped there. But I have to believe that the seeds were sown. So I wasn't speaking scriptures to them. They weren't crying and asking me to pray for them. You know, they weren't running after me, please pray for me. But I think in our day-to-day jobs, 
Let's just love people. Let's just be open to people. Let's share our lives with people. And that's as much a testimony as giving them the verbal. Some people aren't ready for the verbal. You know, my parents, I would just say to you, my parents prayed for me morning, night, afternoon, lunch, that I would come back to Christ. And it took 20 years. You know, they've got faith and it, you know, but it's all in his time. So I'd just say to you, if you've got people on your heart, love them, get alongside them, care for them, be that mom to them, be that father figure, brother, sister, and just show Jesus' love through that because that's what he would do. If he were to come down to earth now, he'd be sitting with us, he'd be having a cup of tea with us, he'd be feeding us, he'd be caring for us. So if you haven't got that evangelistic scriptures, just get alongside people is all I'd say. That's so good, Sarah. Such a great reminder as well of like kingdom ministry like is for everyone. Like that's what we're talking about here is the goodness of God, like participating in his goodness and being like a vessel, being open for his goodness to go through you to those around us, to our friends, neighbors, colleagues. I think it's such a good reminder. We don't always see the, the fruit, the success in inverted commas. Our job is just to be faithful and to be open and sow the seeds. And I know in my own um, life and experience, you know, I've had times where I've just, I remember one time I just felt so compelled by the Holy Spirit just to tell this person in front of me, I just blurted out, God loves you. Like I just blurted it out in like non, you know, I wasn't, I hadn't been thinking about it for days or how am I gonna approach this subject with them? I just blurted it out. But then I know I've had another um, close friend when I was at university, I was sharing a room with them for a whole year. And I never felt the Holy Spirit say to overtly tell them about Jesus. I felt my role was just to live out my life as a Christian in close proximity. And, 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 and that was it. That was, I felt. And to be honest, for, for quite a few years after university, we parted our ways. I, I kind of, I, I was like a bit regretful. I was like, oh, did I miss the opportunity to tell them about the goodness of Jesus that I've found? Did I do enough just living it out? And it was about five years later, I heard this story back that this, this friend of mine, he'd actually um, become a Christian, he found Jesus in his own time through a different church, different group of people, but that God's timing was at work and that God had used me and I had done the right thing. And I think it's really important when we're talking about um, living out of faith that we follow the Holy Spirit that we're all uniquely made and we've each got a unique calling to play in this, but everyone gets to play. Yeah. It's one of the most exciting things because you never know what's gonna happen. Tell us a little bit, um, any one of you, just about that. Um, I know, Jay, in your story, um, when you mentioned it to me, you said, you know, every story takes a sacrifice for you. Like, every story demands a bit of like, you hadn't quite planned for this in your diary, but you're gonna make time. Tell us a little bit about how you live that out and obviously that's the same in the story, Rachel, you shared with that Christian. I'm sure you didn't imagine spending ages reading scripture to him. So Jay, how, first of all, Jay, how do you kind of create space or follow the prompting of God like in those kind of moments? Yeah, I think there's something about, like for me, like every time I've seen God move in like miraculous ways, um, like I don't think we can always wait for people to come to our church. Like I think we, sometimes we have to step into other people's hell. Like we have to step into their mess, into their junk and take Jesus with us. And every single time I've seen God move in an amazing way, that's, that, that's what I've had to do. Um, and I just said this one quick story. It was yeah. a recent one, um, just before Christmas, about I basically was signing off for LinkedIn and stuff, and I put a post about like saying I'm, I'm checking out for Christmas, 
going to be knees deep in quality streets. Like, don't bother contacting me. <laughs> Find someone else to talk to. Um, but then I was just saying, like, look, if you're isolated or alone this Christmas time and you're struggling, reach out. Like, I'd love to chat to you. And this guy messaged me um, from Trinidad and Tobago, and he just said, look, man, I'm struggling with, with all these different things. I've got no one to talk to. Will you chat to me? And I said, of oh, course, cool. sent him my number. Christmas Eve evening, he rang me, like video WhatsApp called me. Um, I went out and, and rang him back. And um, yeah, like he was just broken. Like he was just, there was just stress on, in his face. And he was just struggling with a whole load of things um, that I can relate to as well. And I listened to him for about 20 minutes. And then I just started sharing my testimony and just sharing the gospel and the good news with him. Um, and some Muslim guy, um, and I was just saying, like, do you think like, Allah can heal you now, like, and he was—he didn't really know how to answer it. He said, basically, he said he didn't know. And I said, look, man, Jesus loves you so much, bro, and like, he can heal you right now. Um, and I believe it. And and I said, can I pray for you? And so I prayed for, prayed with him, um, and he was vividly filled with the Holy Spirit. It was quite emotional. Um, and I I stayed in touch with him um, in the new year. I messaged him, um, and he was saying, James, you're a healer, mate. And I was just like, <laughs> that was my response. I, I, but I didn't want to immediately go in with, nah, Jesus, he loves you, but I just wanted to find some context. So I said, hey, man, like, what, makes you, what makes you say that? Like, have you experienced healing? And he just said, because the day you prayed for me, my anxiety disappeared. And I was just, like, so grateful. Um, and I told him about Jesus and that he's got an amazing plan for his life. And I shared about John, John 4 with him earlier on. And, and, but, and with, with that, with, with John 4 and the woman of the world, like, Jesus went out of his way to visit that woman at the world. Like, I don't think it was just random that that encounter, and like, we have to put ourselves out there, we have to sacrifice something. You know, for me, it was a very small thing, it was Christmas Eve. Like, it wasn't a big thing, but like, Jesus, it allows Jesus to, to move and, and to, to, you know, to, to speak to people and save people, so. Amazing. Rachel, what would you say to that? about creating space um, in your life and, and following the prompt of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, um, 2020 was very difficult for a lot of people. Um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2020 as well. So at the same time, I was also leading Alpha. And um, there's two prongs to it. On, on one side, God gave me the gift of painting and I was just painting lots and lots. and. Uh, Little did I know it became a mini ministry and uh, going into my chemotherapy, meeting radiologists and surgeons and um, cancer patients, it was my opportunity to actually reach out to them with the beauty of God's work and also the talent that he, he imparted upon me. And you could, he, you could actually see people cry because they are masked up. You, there's no communication, but God was speaking to each one of them through the verses and through the painting. So there were like hundreds that went out. I just couldn't stop. And, but that helped me in my pain of going through cancer as well. And then with leading Alpha, even though I had chemotherapy, it was weakening me by every dosage. There came a point where I couldn't be on video because I was reacting, and I mean, I didn't care about whether I lost hair or not. Um, but it was just, I was a horrible sight, to be fair. And, uh, but I had a voice, so I continued to just lead the group with my voice. And God can use anyone. I mean, if he can use a donkey to speak, he could use me, any one of us. And we are just, I think the heart of 
letting God use you, it's because you've experienced this deep love that He has poured into you and you just want to overflow it to everyone that you meet. Everyone is loved by God. No one is far from grace, not from the highest echelon in you know, the Church of England or the man in the street. Everyone is met at the center of the cross and we just have to be faithful and know that He is faithful to us as well. So this is the heart of all of us who know Jesus, because that love needs to go out to those who do not know him. And we are his vessels, broken as we are, but the Holy Spirit leads us. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I love that story. And just to clarify for people, you were, so you, you yourself were ill and going into hospital, you were drawing, painting pictures with scripture on and, and handing them. Yes. At, you were going with a gift. Yeah. That's what's so extraordinary. Yeah. You were going with a gift. Um, I, I was in my weakest. I mean, people tell me I'm strong. I'm not. I was at my weakest. I've got nothing. But I went in with God's strength. And I would just, in the waiting room, I'll just hum the song, Jesus loves me. When, you know, I, as, as Sarah has mentioned, you're not allowed to practice or pray for people. But then when I get a, a time to be locked up with the nurse who's jabbing me on my thighs and I was like, can I pray? Can I pray? Like, can, can I play a worship song? It's three minutes, the jab is five minutes. And it's like, yeah, go ahead. And then you would see them cry. You know, when you pray for them, they cry. And it's like, these are little intimate moments where God used a weak vessel like me to show his strength to me and to the person that I'm speaking to. And that is the heart of Jesus. That's it. That is the heart of Jesus. And I can never find this in any of my previous gods that I have ascribed to, and it's false. And um, Jesus is the living God. So, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And I, I, love, I love that we're doing this. And as I said, it's not, it's not a chat show. It's, um, it's living testimony. And, um, you know, in our kind of church, we, we use music a lot to facilitate us um, giving our thanks to God. And when we do that, we experience um, his presence in a particular manner, don't we? we? We know he's near and we get changed. But testimony like this is another tool, another gift from God to do the same thing. And I hope, and we've been praying in our preparation, that you would be experiencing the, the special presence of God towards you, even now as I'm saying this, that he would be powerfully close, that he would be transforming all of us in his love, even if you're here for the first time, you're like, what am I doing here when they're talking about sharing faith? I haven't even got a faith myself. Like, we're praying for you. You just received the goodness of God through these amazing stories that give glory to him. None of us are special. Like, Christianity, following Jesus is for everyone. There's no professionals and amateurs. It's for absolutely everyone because he's strong when we're weak and he's most powerfully seen when we're weak and just open to him. And so as a church, that's our posture. That's what we want to do. Um, We want to be a church that's always open and and stepping back for more of him, more of his goodness. Um, To kind of come into land, the final few minutes we've got, I would love to talk about Alpha. Sarah, maybe you go first. Um, As Ali's mentioned, we're running up to one of our biggest Alpha courses this term. It's a a course where anyone can explore any questions of faith. 
tell us for you what's Alpha meant to you and also any kind of advice or, or, or encouragement for us in terms of inviting people to Alpha. Yeah, definitely. So um, it was my daughter who was invited. She was part of the youth team. So she was invited to do Alpha. So I dropped her off and thought, oh, I suppose I could pop in and see if there's any spaces. Um, and came along to, I think, the second Alpha that Gas Street ran, and Nick was my team leader. And I left with still questions. I didn't feel completely changed, but there's one day on a Saturday, and um, it's where people come and pray for you, so you cover lots of topics and talk about lots of different things, and anything can be talked about. Bring your questions, bring your theories, whatever, and, and it's a good talking place. Um, but on this Saturday, somebody just walked up to me, and like I said before, I'm a single mom, divorced, I'd been pregnant before marriage. I thought, you know, how could God ever love me? And some, I'm gonna get upset now. And somebody walked up to me and just said, he's taken away your baggage. Wow. wow. And wow, yeah. that was it. You yeah. know, he's taken away your baggage. Five yeah. words, and I was floored. Yeah. She didn't know me, she didn't know anything about me. But actually, I'd been carrying the shame, the guilt, I'm not good enough. How can I sit on this stage? How can I be in a church? And actually, Alpha just changed yeah. the way I thought about myself. I knew I was loved. I knew he forgave me. I knew he accepted me for who yeah. I was. And I knew that my story was going to help so many other people because we've all been through difficult times and we've all been through things that we believe are so shameful and we shouldn't have done this. But our Father forgives us, and Alpha was just such a key part in my life. I then went on to lead seven or eight groups. So do it. Invite people. They can say no. It's okay. But if you don't ask them, they're not going to have that chance to say no. Yeah. So go ahead. Ask as many people as you can. Let's just be brave. Let's ask God just to be brave and just to get out there and hand out those leaflets. And let's fill this place and give people the hope that we that we need. Amazing, Jay. Um, yeah, just, just a quick one. Like we're all going to go around this about this in like a completely different way. Um, and there was like one time, it's quite special. It's been up here together, the three of us actually. But there was the one time with my colleague uh, in my old workplace. She was just struggling with some stuff, and I just said, "Can I pray for you?" And then invited her onto Alpha, and she was in Rachel's group online. Um, and I remember um, a colleague coming in with this, with, with a bit, bit of art that you'd, you'd, you'd written for her, and she was just in tears. Like, and um, it was a, just such a beautiful thing. Like Rachel really lives this thing out so beautifully, and um, just amazing. But um, it's quite simple. Like, I just think we need to ask God for, for boldness. Like, yeah. ask God for a name. Like, He'll put a name on your heart. He'll convict you, and then ask Him for a spirit of boldness and rebuke fear, and then just step out and step in and watch Him move. Um, you know, at the end of the day, like, I think a lot of us may be worried about being rejected, but we can't be rejected because we've been accepted in the beloved, right? Yeah. And no one can take away from us what they didn't first give us. Yeah. And that acceptance comes from God and not from, from Donny. Um, so, yeah, and then the other thing, I guess, that we may potentially have to lose is a little bit of pride, and, you know, that's got to go anyway. So when I'm stepping out, I'm thinking, right, you know what, God, humble me. Maybe I'm going to lose a bit of pride, but it's got to go. So let's just ask and let's just invite and let God do the rest. Yeah. So good. Rachel. Yeah, I just want to land with this as well. I mean, if you recall the beginning of the story, it was like I was trying to exit despair, whatever that means. Um, but then 
Jesus reached out with his huge arms and took me from the pits. And then cancer happened. And you know, from that extreme end to now wanting to live for him, it's like, I've gone through cancer, I've gone through failed relationship, but he has restored everything. I mean, my health, my relationship, and it's just all him because that is who he is. He wants us to live and there is eternal life. We just can't see it at the moment, but he has prepared that for us. So that is my blessed hope. That is your blessed hope, church. And there is a big event that's coming and I'm looking forward to it. Please come with me, all of us. Amen. Amen. Rachel, let's give it up for all of the three of our panel. Let's, um, shall we stand if we're able, um, and I'll just ask Rachel just to pray um, over us, uh, and then we're going to worship and just see what else the Spirit wants to do. Um, so let's, let's pray in this place. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this church. Thank you, thank you for letting us, all three of us, to use our witnessing, our testimony for your glory, Lord. Nothing belongs to us. We can't touch that glory. It belongs to you, Lord. But we know that your heart is so, so for all of us, Lord. From east to west, from different countries, from different faiths, your love binds us all and you want to be with one, with us. And Lord, you've prepared this, prepared this place for us. We just need to come and receive this. There's no works that could actually earn your love, no. And you have died for us on the cross. And Lord, we thank you for the gift of your son. And we thank you that you loved us so much because when you went to the cross, when you spoke to the Pharisee and you spoke to the woman on on the ground, you had her in mind and we are her. And we are also the Pharisee. But Lord, your grace has covered all of us, Lord. And... And Lord, I know you're coming again and you want to gather everyone to feast with you, Lord. You have prepared the best wine and the best bread, which is you yourself, Lord. So come into our hearts and if any one of you are still doubting God's love, you know he sees everything and it's good that he sees everything so that everything can be exposed and he can heal you from your wounds from your despair, from your hopelessness, from your illness, from your addiction, things that are not good in your life, from eating on the fast food table where man is at the center of it all and not God. No, he says, come to me and I will give you rest. I live and you will live too. And that's the heart of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Yeah, so we're going to continue now. We're going to worship and then we're going to just press in a little bit more, see what the Spirit wants to do. But I believe as Rachel prayed, then she's prayed an impartation onto us of God's love, His love for you and His desire to work through you. So just encourage you as we worship here, just to keep receiving from Him. He's speaking to each of us across the room and online, and I'm going to just going to press in with some prayer uh, at the end of the gathering. So let's worship now as we continue in this moment.
Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, visit our website, gastric.org, or follow us on Instagram at Gastric Church. 